Holy moly. I think this is worse than getting fired. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, our business partners today, speaking of taking care of business, our business partners are FreshBooks and Casper, two friends of mine, great companies. Can I tell you how you can keep your books in order and how you can sleep well to get more done? Well, this is 48 Days Radio Show. We got some amazing questions today, as always. We got good news, got a whole lot of things we want to share. Let's jump right in. These are some of the questions we'll be looking at today. Dan, I know I will be happier following my passion, but should I give up a potential better salary for my contentment? Great question. Dan, I was given a box and told to pack up and leave now, and I've applied to, and now I've applied to almost 150 different jobs. And this one, how can I make an extra $500,000 in the next four years? Well, that sounds reasonable, doesn't it? We'll talk about exactly how to do that. We can break that down, show you exactly how to do that. Also going to be telling you how to, how to create a contest where the winners pay you money. Fun stuff. Well, here's our quotation for the day. This comes from Zig Ziglar. Zig was a friend of ours, friend of lots of you in terms of being around virtually, even now that he's not here on earth anymore, has been gone, what, four or five years, I guess. But his famous statement was, and I'll let him, I'll let him tell you what his famous statement was. Here's the philosophy I've built my life on, my career on. You can have everything in life you want, if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. That's true in your personal life. It's true in your family life. It's true in your corporate life. Well, there you go. You can have everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. You think it's really true? I mean, does that really just, isn't that going to just deplete your resources? Everything you have? Well, it's been proven to act otherwise. A lot of examples out there. So are action call for the week is how are you going to help someone else get what they want this week? Now that could be by showing somebody the product or service that you have. If you really believe in what it is that you're doing, then you ought to want somebody to purchase that, to give you money for what you do. You can make their life better by having what it is you have to offer. So that in fact could be a legitimate way to help somebody else get what they want by selling them what it is you have. Well, there's a lot of ways to do that. Well, hey, let's talk about our business partners, great partners of ours, FreshBooks. Do any of you entrepreneurs find that even the thought of dealing with the numbers side of your running your business can be intimidating? Well, you know my thoughts on that. It does to me. It's intimidating. Look at those figures. It's kind of something that has to be done, but not something that thrills me at all. But I want it to be done right, believe me. I want to know where we are and having just spent some time with my bookkeeper recently. Yeah, it's kind of nice to see where we are this year. Things are shaping up very, very well. And that also means there are other things that have to be addressed like quarterly deposits in the IRS. So I don't end up short April 15th and having to owe taxes. Those are the kind of things that you can stay on top of with fresh books. 
they know those kind of issues really well. I mean, their understanding of just how intimidating numbers can seem has inspired them to create what they call the most ridiculously easy to use cloud accounting software. And there's a whole lot of people that verify that. I mean, when it comes to invoicing, you can send an ultra professional looking invoice in about 30 seconds. I mean, that, you hear me talk about that because that, that's one of my favorite features is to send an invoice, boom, and 10 minutes later, you get the money in your account. It just makes it so easy for your customers to do that. You can link your FreshBooks accounts to your credit and debit cards. So next time you expense that business lunch, hey, go with me to Garcia's, treat me to lunch. Hey, put it, take a little quick snapshot of that. It'll go right into your FreshBooks accounting software and be tallied up just where it ought to be. Well, right now, FreshBooks is offering that unrestricted 30-day free trial for all 48 days listeners to claim yours, just go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days and enter 48 days in the, how did you hear about us section? Again, it's freshbooks.com slash 48 days, then enter 48 days in the, how did you hear about us section? Well, our other business partner is Casper going a little bit different direction, but you know, I consider this equally important. Casper is the sleep brand that makes me get up in the morning energized and ready to go. Now they tell us you spend a third of your life sleeping. So believe me, you know, it's it's like somebody that gets a you know a thirty dollar office chair to sit in for eight hours when they expect to do their best work to write a manuscript or communicate to do web design or whatever, you know, where they're uncomfortable. Are you kidding me? spend the money to get a chair that supports you well. I have a God, what is that? I have a Human scale, I forget the brand name of it. Anyway, human scale chair. It's an ergonomic chair. I've had it for several years. Paid a lot of money for it, but if I amortize it over the years I've had it, it's a very small amount, and it is amazing at how it positions me any way that I want for sitting. Well, the same is true with a mattress. I'm not going to just settle for some knockoff, some cheap brand that happened to be on sale because somebody was waving a sign out front. You know, we see that a lot here in Franklin, Tennessee, you know, guys standing out there in the corner on a weekend, every weekend, you know, mattress sale. Well, I'm not going to just whip in there and make an instant decision on something where I'm going to spend a third of my life. So nope, the experts at Casper work tirelessly to make a quality sleep surface that cradles your natural geometry in all the right places. I mean, they have over 20,000 reviews Average of 4.8 stars across Casper, Amazon, Google. I mean, you can check it out, see how they're being rated out there. Now, obviously, they have affordable prices because they cut out the middleman. You don't go to a store to get a Casper. They come directly to you, delivered right to your door in a small kind of how-did-you-do-that box. I've always asked that. It's amazing to have a box come. We've got several at this point having tested them out with our guest getting great reviews and then deciding that we would switch to a Casper ourselves. After having a mattress, I won't mention the brand name, but it was one that we had really researched. We were really committed to a particular brand until we experienced Casper. Well, you can do the same and you can get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash sleep you love and then using sleep you love at checkout. Terms and conditions apply, but you know we've got, we talk about work you love. This is sleep you love. That's the unique add-on there. So go to casper.com slash sleep you love, and then use sleep you love. Again, 
when you at checkout to get that discount. So let's move on into our good news and got lots of good news as always. Got to go through a couple pieces here. And then we got some um, pieces from people that you will know. People in our 48 Days community, some cool things happen. I want to share those as well. Well, here's a street musician who offered his earnings to homeless vets, and then he's stunned by how they pay it forward. An ordinary day turned extraordinary for one California musician after a homeless man approached him in hopes of getting a dollar for an egg sandwich. Adam Neitlinger recently made a Facebook post about his incredible experience playing guitar on the streets of San Diego last week. The music was flowing, he says. My voice was strong. The sunshine came out quickly. The crowds of people who walked by were giving generously, throwing in a fair amount of cash and dollar bills as I played. Well, he also noticed over on the grass, just off to his right, there were three homeless men lying there in the grass. They sat up and listened to a few of the songs here and there. He says they'd give me a thumbs up even smiling after I'd finished the song. And then one of the men eventually approached Nightlinger, asked if he could have a dollar bill from the guitar case so he could have enough money for a sandwich. Now, this young musician who was playing, he estimates that he had about $65 in the case at that time, and he simply told the homeless man to take it all. Well, stunned by the compassionate offer, this gentleman started to cry and asked Nightlinger why he would offer up all his earnings. He said, because you're hungry. In a few hours, you're going to be hungry again, so you need some extra cash to get a big meal. With tears still in his eyes, the gentleman took a single dollar from the case, saying, I know folks who need this more than me. So because you're a good man and wanted to help me, it's only right that I do what you did and help someone else. So he came back a little later with another homeless man named Stanley. When Stanley asked if he could have $3 for a sandwich, Nightingale repeated his offer to take all the money in the case. And again, this gentleman started to cry. And he says, I'm going to treat you the same way I treated your friend. I don't need to know you to care about you. Plus, you've been supported by my music for the last hour or so, showing me some love. Well, the two men then asked if they could distribute the money among other homeless veterans in the area. And Nightingale was stunned by their you know, their generosity. It turns out, he says, every single man and woman I met today in that group, which grew to 10 people by the time my conversation was done with them, were all Navy, Marine, Army, and Air Force veterans. All of them had served for between 10 to 25 years. It says one man who was a captain in the Army had been shot multiple times in the back. He showed me the scars and photos of him in the military. Another guy's son is a Navy officer. He pays for Michael, this gentleman homeless guy, to stay in a single-room apartment. Michael says that a lot of the men and women in this group come stay with him in his 75-square-foot 75 75 small room. They sleep on the floor in bed with him, taking care of each other every day. Well, to top this off, I'll wrap this up. There was a bystander named Jeremy who had been listening in the conversation he saw what was happening. He saw what Jeremy did. He gave away all of his money, he then gave Jeremy $30 and said, you deserve to be taken care of as well. Walked away with a smile on his face. Well, just one of those pay it forward kind of things that make for a great story. And, you know, when you help somebody who's down and out, it's interesting how often they are not greedy. They're not demanding. They immediately think about somebody else who's struggling as well and want to share 
kind of just points out the human spirit, hopefully, that's there in all of us. Well, here's another one. There was a soldier who whose house was robbed. His house was looted. And so they raised a bunch of money, and which he proceeded to give away. Well, one soldier's misfortune has turned into an incredible example of kindness following Hurricane Florence. Now, this is just, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Came in off the East Coast there up through Hilton Head and that direction. 24-year-old Louis Ocampo is an Army medic who left his home in Charlotte, North Carolina last month to help with hurricane relief efforts alongside his National Guard unit. His 20-year-old wife took their infant child with her to his parents' house to wait out the storm. Then when the young couple returned to their home in late September, they were heartbroken to find that their house had been robbed. The laptop that Lewis used for schoolwork, their game systems, their jewelry, money were all missing. Well, Mary Capron, a friend and colleague of Lewis, was so heartbroken by the crime, she created a GoFundMe campaign to replace everything that was lost in the burglary. Well, within two weeks, that campaign had surged past its original goal of $5,000 and raised roughly $15,000 for the couple. Now, this young medic was stunned by the surge of generosity. So here's a young guy, young wife, young child, was robbed, serves in the military, but he says they didn't need such wealth. Now think about that. They raised $15,000. Most of us wouldn't consider that a great amount of wealth. He said they don't need all of that. So he asked them to shut down the GoFundMe page. They kept what they needed to replace what had been stolen from them, and then they donated the additional funds to the Soldier and Airman Assistance Fund and other servicemen who had been affected by the hurricane. A big part of wanting to give the donations comes from seeing how generous people have been, and I wanted to pay that back to someone else who needed more help, Lewis told People Magazine. He says, other people really need help they can't get. Well, again, just a great testimony to the kindness of people. Even when they're down and out, they see opportunities to help others. Now, I've got, I've got another story here. This comes from somebody in our 48 Days community. I won't give you his name because a lot of people, a lot of people will, will know him. But this is a young man contacted me probably six months ago. He's from Cameroon. Now, that's a country in Africa. It's right next to Nigeria. So his primary language is French. He speaks several languages, English being one of those, but uh, not his primary language, came in to the United States through Canada. And he was really struggling. But I was so impressed with how articulate he was, how gentlemanly he was, how compassionate he was. And I really believed this was somebody that could thrive. We talked about his potential to coach other immigrants who in coming here saw obstacles, whereas he saw opportunity. That didn't work real well, to be honest. It just never got off the ground. He was in such a challenging position personally. You know, sometimes it's it's hard to really position yourself as somebody who can help others well when you're really at the bottom of the barrel. Well, he took a job, $9 an hour, just so he would have something to be responsible about providing for his family, and rightfully so. But it wasn't a job that he wanted at all. And a few weeks ago, he was let go from that. You know, usually when you're frustrated in a job, it's pretty transparent. Nobody wins, and it often ends in that position. So there was no, 
you know, there was no big showdown or anything, but they just lost that job. Well, he talked to a lady who was starting a new company and she was willing to give him a position. Now, knowing that he was in a $9 an hour position, you know, she was willing to give him a position and thought that he could help in a role in this new company that she had. Here's how he approached that. She had just started, and I got a lengthy email from him. She had just started a business and was recruiting. I listened with no interest. And then as she explained, I felt maybe I could give it a try. But instead of saying yes to her question, I offered to sit down with her and show her how I could help her business better. She agreed. When we sat down, I explained what it is I do, how I can help her business doing what I do instead of accepting the position that she had offered me. Now think about the... Here's a guy with no job at all who is going to be offered at least a minimum wage kind of position. But instead of doing that, he says, would you be offended if I showed you what I could really do to add value to your company? All right, I'm going to leave it right there. There's a lot of other very, very cool details. He now has been for almost a month in a position where he's paid in excess of $60,000 a year. Now, if you do the math on that, $9 an hour is $18,000 a year. He went from that to a position where he's making $60,000. That's if you want to do the, do the math, on, that's a 312% increase. Now, most people are in jobs where they're hoping to get a 3 or 4% increase annually. He just got a 312% increase. I mean, I love that story. And I'm, I know this is just the beginning of a story that's going to continue to unfold. I'm going to give you an update six months from now. With this young man's attitude, his work ethic, his willingness to serve and give and do a great job to help other people get what they want, like we started out talking about, is so commendable. I know this is going to be the beginning of something big. Now, $60,000, is that, you know, a great windfall? Well, for him, it is. I mean, totally transformed their family situation, his sweet wife and little kids. I mean, totally transformed that. But it's going to give him some breathing room. And I think in that breathing room, his own creativity and opportunity to grow even more is going to expand exponentially. Well, stay tuned. Love that story. Hey, last week, got a couple more here. Last week, Giovanna Ellison who you, um, she is our Dean of Coaching in the 48 Days Eagles community. So she has positioned herself as a coach, very successfully so, is doing amazing work, inspires lots of people all over the country. She was sitting at a stoplight and somebody hit her. Somebody in a big SUV hit her in the back end. I mean, her car is damaged, believe me. Hit her in the back end. Well, the gentleman was so distraught. I mean, his hands were just shaking. They pulled off to the side of the road, got out of traffic, and his hands were just shaking. He was so apologetic. He immediately said, yeah, he'd been looking at his phone. He wasn't paying attention. He was so embarrassed and so humiliated and just so distraught. And Giovanna said, hey, just take a deep breath. She said, would you mind if I just take your hands? She said, let's just pray a minute. And she literally took the hands of this guy who had just run into the back of her, snapping her neck around, and prayed just for peace in that moment. The guy was so blown away before the police got there. He asked, what is it that you do? She had an opportunity to tell him how she coaches people to a better life. He has asked her to come into his company. It turns out that he's the owner of one of the biggest construction companies in the city. 
He's asked her to come in right there on the spot and do a workshop for his 500 employees on showing grace under pressure. Now, totally unconnected industry, but he recognized the value of what had just happened to him in that moment. And in her just being authentically who she is, it opened up a brand new opportunity that's likely to turn into a significant part of her coaching this next year. Love that story. You know, be, be aware of who's observing you in a particular situation. How is your response letting people know the kind of person that you are? How is your response conveying to people your character, your integrity, your compassion? You know, all those kind of things are immediately evident. And that was certainly the case there for Giovanna. Michael McGreevy is another one of our coaching mastery certified coaches went through our came to coaching with excellence and then went through our coaching mastery program, uh, moved from working in construction was doing remodeling jobs, working in that and has now moved fully into coaching doing just a phenomenal job. Last Wednesday, he put up a thing just on Facebook. He said, hey, I'm entering the last quarter of my fifth years in business as a coach got a crazy idea and there's some other things that were kind of based around five but he talked about his normal coaching fees i mean he has a three-month package for three thousand dollars but he wanted to do something just fun and he was just he, he was really doing that he just having fun so he said he was going to give five people the chance to win five sessions with him for just five hundred dollars so he says i want the, the five people who take a selfie with the most outrageous backdrop and posted on my timeline, will be chosen for this one-time deal. Once the five are chosen, it's over. No one else can win. This contest closes this Sunday at 10 p.m. So he did this on Wednesday. So the short time frame, he had lots and lots of response. And from Wednesday to Sunday, those five positions were taken. Boom, they're gone. Now think about that. As a participant, those people had to be creative and they had to be decisive. They had to participate in the contest. But here's where I just, I laughed when we were talking about this yesterday. Here's the interesting twist in this contest. The winners didn't get a cash prize from Michael. The winners got to give Michael money. Now think about what it is you're doing. How could you position it in such a creative, fun, entertaining, engaging way where the winners were standing in line to give you money? I mean, I love that twist on that. What a great way to position it. So people are clamoring to purchase your product or your service. You just got to be creative. Well, here's another creative response. This comes from Dr. David Powers, regular listener, longtime listener of, uh, and, and being involved in the 48 Days community. I posted in last week's newsletter about this is the time of year where you clean the boat. And talked about the metaphor there that, you know, you clean the boat, you bring it in, you lift it up out of the water, you get all the barnacles off of it and get it ready for winter going into a new season. He says, it's funny you messed, you posted that boat story. I used to scrape boat bottoms as a teenager in one of my first entrepreneurial ventures. I was about 16 years old, had my own scuba gear. So boat owners would pay me about $40 for an hour's work. Now think about that. 16 years old, making 40 bucks an hour. I'd dive in with nothing but a paint scraper 
An hour later, I'd emerge with worms and barnacle pieces squirming in my hair, but I didn't care. 40 bucks was good money for a teen in the 1990s. Plus, I love scuba diving for any reason. I would also dive in gator and snake-infested ponds, grabbing up lost golf balls to sell. It was black water, had no visibility in it. The old adage was that if you grabbed it and it didn't try to swim away, put it in your bag and look at it later. He attached the the business card that he used to use back when he was a 16-year-old. It's called Water Rats Scuba Services. That's very cool. Love that story, David. All right, let's go into some other questions here. We're going to just keep, keep mixing good news and challenging questions and get through as much as we can here in the next few minutes. This comes from Alton. And he says, hi, Dan. Alton's in Marietta, Georgia. Hi, Dan. My father asked me to listen to your podcast a couple years ago, and I've been hooked ever since. I'm a freshman in college going to school for a mechanical engineering degree. All right, now get that pointed in your mind here, listeners, going to school, freshman in college, going to school for a mechanical engineering degree. However, I feel tired and unhappy with the monotony of sitting in a classroom all day, and I've decided I want to transfer to a local technical college to better pursue my passion in motorsports. I know I will be happier with this route, but should I give up a potential better salary for my contentment? Now, there's a $64,000 question. Should you follow your passion or should you be responsible and practical and realistic and take a job because you know it'll have a pretty predictable salary? Well, here's where it gets a little muddied in that I see people who follow their passions where it has, where it makes no sense logically at all. And yet they end up in a really cool place because they were following their passion. I mean, if you take book writing as an example, I mean, it's no secret that I love writing. If we look at that, if I would have looked at that when I first wrote 48 Days to the Work You Love, if I would look at the success of most authors, ooh, here's a piece of news that'll startle you. 95% of authors in America never make more than $40,000 a year. Wow, that's pretty harsh. Why would I go into that if I have a wife and three children? That would be a stupid thing to do. Oh, but wait a minute. I really enjoy writing. And if I enjoy writing, let me look at the math on this. 95% of authors never make more than $40,000 a year. How difficult could it be to put myself into the 5% that go way beyond that? What if I just looked at what most authors do And then did things they were not willing to do, things that were more creative than what most authors do, rather than just sending a manuscript to a publisher and then going and sitting in a lawn chair by the mailbox waiting on those royalty checks. What if I got in the game and did other products as ancillary products? What if I did live events based on the content of that book? What if I spoke to audiences based on that? What if I had a membership community? What if I put together a mastermind? Those are all things that can come out of the message of that book, but put me in a totally different category. Now, Alton, back to your question. You're a freshman in college getting a degree in mechanical engineering because it's a responsible thing to do. You know, you're going to get a decent salary with that, but golly, you really want to follow your passion in motorsports. Well, let's look at some of the people that didn't take 
a traditional route and ended up in motorsports. Remember this guy named Jeff Gordon? Jeff Gordon. Well, he's done pretty well in racing. Um, According to a recent survey, his net worth is somewhere in excess of $200 million because he's passionate about motorsports. Obviously a good driver, led to endorsements, other kind of things. Well, here's a couple others. Danica Patrick, a girl in motorsports. Come on. I mean, how stupid is that to try to break into a sport like that, dominated by men? Well, Danica didn't see it that way. Yeah, she's worth about $55 million. She Not only does she win in racing, but she has earned tens of millions of dollars as a model, spokesperson, you know, do, endorsing a lot of leading brands. She's leveraged that into building her own brand and it multimillionaire. Dale Earnhardt Jr., you know, this is interesting as I looked this up just a little bit ago. You know, we're, they estimate he's worth over $300 million. Now, this is this is a little interesting because he's not, well, he, he's not as winning a driver as his dad was. But he still used his affinity for being involved in the motorsport community to just knock it out of the park. Go on and on. I mean, we could talk about being, if you're interested in uh, mechanical engineering, but you decide to go into the racing arena motorsports as a mechanic. I mean, there are a whole lot of engineers, technicians who work in the pits on NASCAR teams who make in excess of $100,000. And there are some guys who are putting tires on who make $150,000 a year. Yeah, you know you're not going to have trouble convincing me to follow your passion. Follow your passion and then be creative in the application of that. I mean, if it's carving wood, you know, you can sit in the park down here in Franklin, Tennessee on a Saturday morning and, you know, carve wood whistles. Or you can come out to Dan Miller's property and take a standing tree and release an eagle from that and be paid extremely well. I mean, that's what Terry Brasher does. So just be creative in how you're looking at the opportunities there. So it's not just some list out of the Dictionary of Occupational Titles. No, don't do that. Obviously, you can do that with a degree in mechanical engineering as well. But in your contrast here and saying that motorsports is really your passion, there's no lack of opportunity there. Don't look at the generalities. I mean, you can look at, we can look at teachers and say, wow, that's a tough profession to be in. You know, the average starting salary is about $42,000. You know, you're going to be in a room with a bunch of thugs and not have parental support. Well, that's maybe a generality, but you could also be a teacher living in Acapulco where you are tutoring the children of IBM employees who live there and you make $100,000 a year. I mean, they're, they're, just look for unique opportunities in the passion that is drawing you to it. Plenty of opportunities. All right, let me move on here. Adam says, hey, Dan, I've been listening to your podcast for years and get so much value from it. I work a regular job and do enjoy it. I love the idea of being an entrepreneur, but my problem is that I just don't have an idea yet of what that looks like for me. I've been fueling the desire for this over the years by listening to your show and reading some books. What would you tell someone who's energized and eager about working in new ways, but just does not have a concrete idea or avenue yet? 
Thanks so much for all you've done for me with your wise words. Well, thanks, Adam. Thanks for your question. Here's what to do with that. Don't just leave a job that's working for you where you're being paid well and you enjoy it to just hope you figure something out. No, it has to be way more intentional than that. You don't just kind of float into being an entrepreneur or doing something, you know, creative, non-traditional, and it maybe works out. You have to be extremely focused and have a really clear plan to make that work. Thus, you have to know what that's going to be. But you can take where you are, where you say you've got, you know, you've got a lot of ideas, make a list of ideas. But again, follow your curiosity, follow your passion. I mean, there are people that, um, who, who I talk to, you know, who say, well, I don't even know what my passion is. That's okay. Just follow your curiosity. Your curiosity will open the door to show you the seeds of something that you're interested in. As you develop that and do it with excellence, your passion will develop. Often passion is more developed than it is discovered. So follow your curiosity. That'll lead you to something where you can develop it, do it really, really well. And then your passion will blossom and grow from there. So follow your curiosity, but make a list of 20 ideas, 20 things that you think you could do. I mean, don't just choose one. I mean, I go through this exercise with lots of clients. Stretch your thinking. If you have one good idea, that's great. But I want to see 19 more. And then having that list of things that, you know, you have some attraction for that you think you could do well and really enjoy. Then filter those through what you know about yourself. So what are your unique skills and abilities? What are your personality tendencies? How do you relate to other people? What kind of environment are you most comfortable in? Then what are those recurring dreams that you have? If you have any life experience at all, I mean, if you're 27 years old, you ought to have enough life experience to look back on the last 10 years and see those recurring themes, things that you're really drawn to, things that you enjoy. Those are keys to help you get a glimpse of what your passion really is and what you ought to develop. So make a list of 20 ideas and then take, I don't know, take 30 days, take 30 days. So this is a process you go through the whole thing in 48 days. Make a list of ideas. So you get a list of 20 ideas and then filter those through what you know about yourself. If you know that you are a poor people manager, you're not going to want to get a Subway franchise. I don't care how successful and profitable that may be for somebody else. It's not going to fit you. That's how knowing yourself. And in 48 days, you know, I talk about the fact that 85% of the process of having a confidence of proper direction comes from looking inward. Look at what you already know about yourself. How has God uniquely gifted and talented you? You know, what are those things? Knowing yourself gives you so much clarity. So start with that. I mean, often I have times people come to me who want coaching just to expand a business or to get into a new business. And I force them to first look at themselves to see if they're even on the right track. Just because there's an opportunity doesn't mean it's right for you. I don't care what it is. I don't care how great it's been for, you know, Uncle Harry or the guy down the street. It has to fit you well. So filter those 20 ideas through what you know about yourself. Narrow down to three or four that really do match. Then do a little bit more research. Then choose the best one. Then make a careful plan and you're ready to go. 
And with most ideas today, it's not something where you have to quit your job to do it full time. You can start it on the side. Do that. Keep your job. Be clear about what it is you want to do as your own venture. Start that. Invest those 15 precious hours a week in doing that and see if you can generate 50% of your current income. If you can do that, and I would hope that you would do that in 90 days, 90 to 180 days. Let's just make it that framework. If you can do that in 90 to 180 days, then you're onto something. Then you have the patterns already set where it's a no-brainer to quit your job and go into that using the, uh, using the additional time that you'll have freed up to devote to that and be successful. All right, this, this comes as a, re-note, as a result of, um, I think it was last week. So Mar says, I just read the note from the email um, where I, I reviewed you know, what was in the podcast. Part of the following says, I, and this was from another listener who said I was given six weeks pay as a severance, which they didn't have to give me at all. It was not a reduction in force. I was fired. I'll get off the ground, find something else I'll have to. So he re-referenced that piece and Mar says, I've never heard of someone getting fired and still receiving severance. Wow. Well, just let me comment on that a minute. That is not uncommon at all. I mean, there are a lot of people who get fired and the company just wanting to create goodwill and not wanting somebody to go out who's going to badmouth the company, it's worth them to give a severance package, even if the person was not performing well, was not reliable or whatever. So they give them a severance package. It's just kind of a goodwill gesture to do that. And it's not uncommon at all. Well, Mar says, I've never heard of someone getting fired and still receive severance. He says, I got laid off and received a letter of recommendation from the supervisor, but very painfully, I got no severance, no outplacement resources, and I was told about the layoff the last hour of the week. I was given a box and told to go pack up and leave. It was extremely and very painful, worse than getting fired. The owner treated me like I was a very bad person. He's wrong because I'm not a bad person at all. Two and a half years have gone by, and I've not had a job yet with benefits. I do have a full-time job working for a company that's doing well financially, but they're too cheap to provide benefits and refuse to pay their workers their fair wages. It's been so extremely frustrating, and I've applied now to almost 150 different jobs. Oh, well, that's part of my story. Sincerely, Mar. All right, Mar, here's what I want you to do. You describe getting fired, no severance, nothing at all. You're in a job, just to have a job, no benefits. You've applied for all these jobs, nothing there. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to do more than what's expected of you right where you are. I want you to smile at everyone you see. I want you to encourage your coworkers about the great work they're doing. I want you to tell your boss you're happy that the company's doing so well and you're honored to be part of an organization that's creating worthwhile products. Then I want you to let me know in six weeks how things are going. Let's see, here we are. Well, let's just say by Thanksgiving. By Thanksgiving. Do that. Now, this is going to seem counterintuitive. And a lot of you listening are going to think I'm nuts here. Or you think, well, gee, why doesn't you do a better job search? Nah, let's do this. Let's take a counterintuitive. Let's take a creative approach. I've seen this played out. I've heard the stories on the other end of this over and over and over again. 
and they're mind blowing. You know, I had to pull, I had to pull some of those together. We could do a little ebook on stories where somebody took this approach in a job they didn't particularly like, knew they were undercompensated, and they took this approach rather than an acrimonious standoff approach where, you know, those idiots aren't paying me what I'm, eh, do this. Do more than is expected of you. Smile at everyone you see. Encourage your coworkers. Tell your boss you're happy the company's doing well. Do those things. Let me know in six weeks what's going on. All right, got another question here, and this is probably all we're going to get to. This one comes from Kent. So Kent says, here's a question. It's a little strange, but hopefully makes sense. My son just started high school, and the emotional realization that he'll be gone in four years has hit me like a ton of bricks. The most powerful way I could find an emotional center to help me get motivated was to imagine that I had only four years to live, four years to get my family on solid financial ground and set up for their future success. He says, my birthday is July 26th, and on that date in 2022, four years from now, I will turn 48 years old. All right. I've written out a whole scenario describing how I will die, my funeral, other details surrounding my untimely death, and so on. And he goes through, and so he, he goes through re- recognizing that he really needs, okay, he says, I've determined that in order to leave my family in a secure financial position four years from now, I would need to make $500,000. After taxes, I'm estimating that I would net around 335000 That would give us the following. It goes through, you know, pay off debt, college, house, money in the bank, boom, so on. My main question is, if I wanted to make $500,000 over the next four years, what would I do? Dave Ramsey says you sometimes need a bigger shovel. I don't just want a bigger shovel. I want a bobcat or a John Deere. I love that. I love that line. Not just a bigger shovel. I want a bobcat or a John Deere. Well, what things would I need to do to accomplish this goal? What sort of unusual strategies or habits would it require? Is $500,000 insanely unrealistic? Kent continues, I'm part of the Eagles community, which I absolutely love. And my business is focused around consulting, speaking, writing, courses, coaching, etc. My topic is creativity. Emphasize a point. I'm not planning on dying in 2022, he says. It's just a way for me to hopefully accelerate my success, get me more motivated to take action. I'm a college professor with a lot of flexibility in my schedule. Between the two of us, my wife and I currently bring home about $55,000 after taxes. Okay, let's unpack this with Kent. This is doable, incidentally. I love the setup here. You've got a son just starting college. You're looking four years ahead and you want to make sure that things would be taken care of if you were to check out or walk in front of a truck, I guess. All right. So let's look look at this. If you just had a job trying to make that money, it would mean, again, we're talking about 500,000 in four years. I'm going to go right here with your figures, Ken. That would mean $125,000 a year for all those four years. If we just broke that down into having a job, that means you have to make $62.50 an hour, working 40 hours a week, 50 weeks a year. But you're talking about making this on the side while keeping your college professor job you have now. So you don't have an extra 40 hours a week to do something like this. So let's go back to my other model. Let's say you just have 15 hours a week. Now, if you have 15 hours a week to devote to this, I needed to generate $125,000 a year on the side. Then you need to make $173.61 an hour in those 15 hours. 
Now, obviously, that's not likely to happen in any position. So what do we have to do? We have to change the model. We have to change the model completely. You're never going to accomplish this. You're never going to generate this half a million dollars in four years with hourly wages or even with a salary. You have to look at how you can use systems that will give you that big shovel. I'm going to go through this. We don't have a lot of time to expand on this, but I'm going to give you an overview real quickly. In the Venn diagram that I often show people for how to do this, you take your core message. So your core message is on creativity. And you say that you want to write, speak, teach, coach, those kind of things. Perfect fit for this. So let's say that you are going to develop a couple products. You develop a little ebook on creativity. You charge $17. Next year, you have a thousand people who purchase it. That's seventeen thousand dollars. All right. Then you create a little audio product. And I've done bunches of these audio product, and you charge thirty-seven dollars for that little audio product on creativity. You have four hundred fourteen people in the entire year who purchase that. It's another fifteen thousand three hundred dollars. You put that together in an instructional manual. So you have a three ring binder. I've done lots of these where you charge $197. Now it's like a course. You're an academic professor. You know this well. So you create a course on creativity. You charge $197 and you only have 100 people next year that purchase that. That's another $19,700. So we have $52,000 right there. Now we're looking for 125. We have 52. Let's say that you have an event. You decide to do an event twice a year. You're going to have Two events where you charge $300 to attend. You only have 20 participants each time. Boom, another $12,000 that you've got there. Affiliate commissions. I mean, we're talking about if you add $6,000 a year just from affiliate commissions, meaning you have a little audience who's interested in creativity. And so you share with them the next Ray Edwards program that's coming along or the next Michael Hyatt program that's coming along or Jeff Goins or Carrie Oberbrun or all these people that I sometimes share ideas Well, I had, I mean, we're talking about $6,000 a year in this model to get to your $125,000. I mean, I certainly, you know, I expect to do more than that a month in affiliate commissions. I mean, one of our friends I promoted um, early this year and I got $26,000 plus a laptop computer that I use daily as a result of that. You know, so you look for things to do that. You can coach, let's say you've an area expertise and people are asking you about that. And so you set up a couple coaching packages. You only average a thousand dollars a month, just, you know, an hour here, hour there coaching, but you had a thousand dollars a month. There's another $12,000. Uh, the last thing I've got in this model is a membership site. You're very familiar with that. You're a member of the 48 days Eagles. You see what we're doing there. We're at about 600 members in there. People pay $36 a month. You can do the math on that. I mean, that alone would take care of what you're talking about here. But if you had a a membership site on creativity and you had 150 members, only 150 members that were paying only $10 a month, that's $1,500 a month, that's $18,000 a year. And the compilation of what I just shared with you there leads to $150,000. That's the kind of thing that we need to look at. I mean, that's the kind of thing that I want you to think about. You know, how could that be done? How could you take your affinity, your passion for creativity, and just simply put legs on it in different ways like that? Can you do that in a way that in addition to being a college professor full-time, you could, you say you got a lot of time flexibility? 
Callie, these are things you can do. These are things that are not very complicated. The technology available to us today makes it so much easier to be able to do these things. And these are certainly things that I've done and more. I mean, the numbers that I have on this are significantly more than what I've I've shared here because there are systems in place. As you do that around, especially around the idea of creativity, and I know you're a great writer. I mean, my wife, Joanne, uses your book that you already have out as a resource for her art class over and over and over again. So you're on the right track. Golly, this really is doable. And I love your setup. I love your motivation for doing this. And I absolutely do believe, yeah, you could do this. Now, remember our quotation for today came from our friend Zig Ziglar. He said, you can have everything in life you want if you just help other people get what they want. This is a great example of that. There are people who want to expand their creativity. They want to know how to put legs on that. You can be a resource to help them do that. And a lot of others who are listening here can do the same, can take your unique passion, put it together like this. God, we need to, you know, I need to do a um, Monday mentor call in the 48 Days Eagles community where I walk through this model again, where we could take whatever it is somebody wants to do, write, speak, coach, I mean, grow organic herbs or teach beekeeping. It doesn't matter. You can take any area of interest you want and leverage it in this way. Well, again, our call to action, how are you going to help someone else get what they want this week? That's a great, a great goal. And even in some of the good news stories, people paying it forward, we're hearing about people who are doing that with generosity. Well, thanks for being part of this growing community. Shoot me your questions. Ask Dan at 48days.com. Simple to get to. Ask Dan at 48days.com. Well, again, congratulations. You're one of this community already. And in this group, we know we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. And we're going to be a light to the rest of the world in how to do that, in how we serve well and thrive and prosper in the process.